Hello, everybody. This is Erica. This is Shari. And this is April. And you are now listening to Three Sykes and a Mic. Just as a disclaimer, although the contents of this show may be educational and therapeutic in nature, this should not be considered a replacement for therapy with a licensed professional. If you would like more information on how you can find a therapist in your area, please contact us on social media. Hey, hey, y'all. We are back. What's going on? Hello. Hanging in there, hanging in there. Yeah, hanging in there on this after candy day, you know, the day after Halloween. And daily savings. Daylight, not daily. Oh, it is daylight savings. Yeah. Yeah. Threw my sleep all the way off. Yeah. Well, I was really upset with myself because I was up doing work until what I thought was about 3 a.m., but it ended up being 2, Mm -hmm. but I missed my extra hour, you know, because the time fell back. So I was like, dang, I like to be asleep when the time goes back so I can, like, get Mm -hmm. that extra hour. So I missed out. I was really upset about it. Mm. Yeah. I was asleep. Same. (laughs) Same. Good sleep, too. Good sleep. Good sleep. Good sleep. But April, you were up super early. Yeah. Because my always. Well, always, I can't sleep past a certain time. So I typically wake up. So this morning, I woke up at 5 20 a.m. Yeah. Which is would have been like 6 30 because mm-hmm. that's typically. Right. But even still, that's too early for a weekend. So I, w- I made myself yeah. go back to sleep, though. I was like, oh, yeah, no, we are not getting up at 5 a.m. Yeah. On a right. Sunday. Weren't there not- some states that didn't fall back? Yeah, Arizona. Like Arizona, okay. I forgot the okay. other one. I know Arizona is one of them. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Which, like, I, how does yeah. this work now? So, I mean, like, if states can choose, like. Girl, time is relative. Uh, That's what how? Erica told us. Erica, I do say that. Time is relative. We don't know what time it is. Hell, <laughs> who knows? Right. We've been falling back, going forward, round and round, uh, up and down. It's time for something to give. I know that. Okay. I think we need to stop. Like, whatever purpose this serves, <laughs> it is no longer useful. I'm telling it's not, you. Well, I learned in high school civics that we would go back and forth because it was like, you know, on the farmer's schedule. So depending okay. on exactly. like, giving you more daylight to do, like, tending to the farm. Which is why I am still a proponent of, please, can we stop operating on an agricultural Yeah, because we're no longer an agricultural like nation. Yeah. We're not. Our school systems mm-hmm. are on an agricultural mm-hmm. um, timeline. The daylight savings is based on agricultural. Like, and these are major things. But we really need to adjust. Like, uh, that's our problem. This is our problem with our country. We will stick mm. to something because that's how that's it's how always it been traditionalist. Done. Oh, traditionalist my until it kills us. Literally. Right, literally. literally. So yeah. think with the constitution, yeah. like with Amy um Amy Barrett, which she was saying that her job is she believes the constitution should be interpreted as the four founders intended wrote and wrote. Mm-hmm. I was like, that literally makes no logical sense in any like in any in no profession would you say well no we're not going to update it with the time this was created in 1876 so we're going to stick because they knew what was best and you know like or Mm -hmm. 1776 sorry like 
no other profession. Can you imagine if doctors None. did that? Girl, if anybody think about did plumbing. That. Can we <laughs> yeah, just talk just about the small plumbing. things in life. I mean, do you want to still have plumbing the same in the way outhouse? that we did it? I don't want to be outside. How about let's just go back to before they invented the wheel? Right. <laughs> right. I mean, how did we get around before? It worked for them. Right. That's just dumb. Yeah, it's it doesn't make dumb. sense. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. But yeah, here we are an hour earlier than we were yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. It was so funny because I was seeing things posted on social media talking about, so are we accepting this extra hour of 2020 or not? Like, Girl. Let's, let's just Let decide me tell right you. now. Like, do we want to give this year another hour? <laughs> I was like, you know what? That's a very good point. That That's is a, a good point. <laughs> Look, I didn't even question. think about that. Look, damn. It's <laughs> a great question. Damn. <laughs> but yet, in places except for Arizona, whoever else decided not to accept this extra hour in 2020, here we are. That is so, <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy to me. I'm just oh. thinking about like clients that I work with and how this is about to mess up our timetable. Right. But anyway, uh. anyway. Yeah. Did you guys get trick-or-treaters last night? No, I live in an apartment, so. <laughs> That's where the trick-or-treaters should go. I don't to understand. No, that would be, because like, it's so close together. Yeah. Like, you it's, don't have it's to very, walk very far. You know, usually it's a lot of lights, like it's mm-hmm. well lit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I, and I, they would have gotten some ramen noodles had they knocked <laughs> on this door. So it's a good thing. <laughs> they would have been getting stuff straight out of my refrigerator. Some noodles. Listen, you would have gave them the oodles and noodles. They would have got tuna, tuna packets. <laughs> well, look, I might need to come over there and trick-or-treat at your house. <laughs> right. Yeah. That sounds like an adult trick-or-treat. Okay. Like, right, let, me, let me just restock this pantry real quick. <laughs> No, um, I turned my lights off. This is the first year in a long time that I did not um, pass out candy. But, of course, because of COVID and everything, and I just was like, I'm not doing it. Um, But we really didn't have a lot of people that came out in the neighborhood. Um, But I turned my light off. I went and bought my own candy because I normally make candy bags. And then the leftovers, because I even out the candy from my candy bags and whatever is the fallout that doesn't fit into my evenly distributed 25, 30 bags. Oh, Lord. That is mine. <laughs> so that's how I make it fair. The kids get their equal distribution, and then I get the rest. But I didn't do candy bags, so I was like, well, shoot. That means I'm not going to have any candy to eat yeah. for the holidays. So I was like, well, you know what? I'm not doing candy bags this year. I'm going to go and only buy small bags of the candy that I like. Mm, I went, I actually was on the phone when, uh, with Shari when I was cleaning out my little candy bowl that I normally hand my candy out to put my own personal stash candy in. And, um, yeah, I got my blanket. I turned on my Netflix. I made sure all the lights were off. I sent the youngins out with their dad and their uncle to go do whatever they were going to do Halloween related. And she stayed at home and enjoyed herself. Very and nice. That is that was my that Halloween. That was your Halloween. Mm-hmm. I I had one child come Aww. to my house. But that's because I texted her mama and oh. was like, I got candy. <laughs> <laughs> So you had a, a intentional visitor. Okay. Right. It was an intentional right. trick-or-treater. And then my other neighbors from across the street, 
came over, but they wouldn't take any candy because they said they had too much candy too. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we didn't get any kids on our street, which we didn't think. I didn't think any like kids would come, but um, so they came over. They had beer, so we watched Christmas movies for a minute, and then they left. (laughs) So this is a new couple. Yeah, the oh, that's cool. they are the sweetest little couple I've ever seen. Like when I tell you they like, I told them I said y'all did the most. Like one, we usually don't get a lot of kids on our street, and then two, it's COVID, right? right. So a lot of people aren't gonna come. When I tell you they had purple lights outside their house, they had changed their lights outside. They had jack o' lanterns oh, wow. that they cut. They put candles in the jack-o'-lanterns. I mean, they had like eight jack-o'-lanterns in the street, like in their yard around trees. It was really cute and festive. They They had the little danger tape up and everything. Oh, they really like Halloween. That was more for them, probably. It was. Right. (laughs) It's so funny. That definitely was. Yeah. Because they were like, yeah, I think we did too much. I was like, yeah. They were like, only one girl came to our house. I was like, yeah, I sent her over there. Um, oh Lord! And she I mean, I over. could see them outside of my window. They were standing in the window, just waiting for Wait kids. For the- oh, <laughs> oh, that is so sad. sad. I was like, no kids are coming, y'all. You know, so they just walked across the street, and you know, they well, were tell like, them we to leave it up. Here. I'll swing by. I, tell, I need to text Anna. I may come yeah. by her. Did you see and her contraption? I saw Anna's <laughs> cre- contraption. She, yeah, she, she created a-, a candy shoot. Yeah, shoot the candy to the kids so they can stay six feet away from her. I thought it was <laughs> that is so hilarious, Anna. so Anna. so perfect. <laughs> that I, yeah. I need to swing by and just that's a great idea and get some candy yeah. from the candy shoot. Yes, yeah. My <laughs> Halloween was spent um, finishing up fiscal year. I mean quarterly reports and watching David Letterman's show on Netflix. Isn't it great? Yeah, I'm behind, I so I was show. watching a previous season. So I saw yeah, the. I need to. It's so I good, but it's good. It is. Yeah. I've always liked David Letterman too. Yeah, so. me too. He's always me been too. good. Yeah, yeah. Well, y'all, I have a question yes. mm-hmm. for you guys for this week. Okay, so prepare to put your thinking caps on. Oh, oh Lord, have you ever made a decision that changed your entire life? If so, what was it? Ooh. I don't know if I'm telling this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. That's a big one. Um, a decision that changed my entire life. I'm going to go lighter because the first one that came to mind was like, oh, yeah, we're not putting that on the podcast. That's for me, <laughs> it's for me and my therapist. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Look. Yeah, girl, I had to dial mine back to it. Like, eh, eh. right? Wait a minute, <laughs> right? Over here crying, like, Lord, right. and I made that decision. <laughs> yeah, I can't go back. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really cheesy, but I I will say my decision to attend Tuskegee University for undergrad changed my life in a number of ways. Not just the education piece, but more so the people I met, um, the path that I'm on. Like, one thing David Letterman said just made me think about. It. He was telling Tiffany like. He interviewed Tiffany Haddish, and one thing he said to her was just, regardless of your circumstances, I think you still would have been here. Like, I Mm -hmm. think you still would have been this person that you are now, like this comedian, this vibrant Mm -hmm. personality. And I was thinking about that, and I don't know if I can say the same, that if I had not attended 
Tuskegee if I would be the person that I am now um, from a matter mm-hmm. of the people that I met, um, the way that I was nurtured and like the growth that I received, the, the way that, you know, if anybody went to a HBCU, you know that you, you get like additional parents sometimes in mm-hmm. your faculty, mm-hmm. like they will not let you. Yeah. Whether you want them or not. Yeah, you did, you didn't ask. You did not ask. Exactly. <laughs> but they will, they will, they, ooh, yes, they will. I remember one woman, I was showed up to her interview. And she said, next time I need you to buff your shoes before, you, I need you to polish your shoes before you come to anything like this. Um, she said, wow. if you don't have shoe polish, just get some lotion. That's what I used to do. Just get you some lotion, put it on over your boots. And I said, oh, okay. And I <laughs> like never would have thought about that but thank you because i was not about to buy shoe polish but thank you for making sure i was presentable um but yeah so i would say that decision um just because of the people i met that we you know we just had a zoom home we missed homecoming zoom chat last week with my friends and i just seeing our growth and kind of how that experience changed all of our lives for the better so i yeah i would say that decision nice um erica you got one huh (laughs) i I have two but i was trying to decide which one i was gonna share um but i think um the one that i'm gonna share is the decision that changed my entire life was the decision to disclose with my to my parents um my experience of trauma and I didn't get a chance to do that until I was 31 Hmm. but it was life-changing because after that that is when I was able to really start to understand where so much of my stuff came Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. and where my panic attacks came from and my anxiety came from and, you know, all of my phobias came from and how I respond to people and my interpersonal patterns. Um, It just opened up so much for me to learn more about myself. And um, it made therapy so much more enriched and um, beneficial And I can share it now with other people that I, you know, um, students and friends and colleagues. And I feel like it's not just helped me to be able to talk about it, but it's helped other people to have talked about it. And so um, that to me was life changing. Um, And I'm so glad that I finally, you know, I felt like, gosh, it's so late. Like I should have been have explored this or recognized this or um, knew that, yeah, this is something that you talk about. (laughs) Um, But, you know, better late than never. Um, And I feel like the timing, you know, it, it was, it was the right timing for when I needed it. So it's really interesting how, you know, you like oftentimes we'll judge ourselves for things that we share or don't share, like the timing of which we do it and how, in the grand scheme of things, it's not the timing. It's just the act of sharing, the act of engaging in that way, you know? Um, yeah. 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 Um, I think for me, I know I've, I've got like several, but, um, 
one that I will share is making the choice to leave a mentally abusive and emotionally abusive relationship when I just did not think that I would be able to like bounce back from it and kind of like doing like moving out on my own and you know moving out of that situation and also physically moving out of um our apartment um that was one thing that like completely changed the trajectory of my life but then also just like the way in which I started to like view myself and view myself in relationship um, and things that I thought I needed or things that I thought I wanted and things that I thought I couldn't handle on my own. Um, and I think that's one thing that has significantly changed um, just my perception of myself and things that I can and can't do um, and what I can and can't do alone um, as opposed to needing someone there and being with someone regardless of the treatment that I receive from that person. And so that's one of the the biggest things, especially in my adult life, that has changed just everything about how I engage um, in relationship, but also just with myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a, that's a good question. That is. That that's is a really journaling question. question. I right, know. right. Because yeah. there's so many other ones. Like oh, when you yeah. think about, it's so interesting to think about how you are just one decision away mm. from a different life. Yep. You know? Yep. And it's very humbling. Uh-huh. It's very humbling. Because I think oftentimes we forget that piece of like, well, you're just one decision yeah. away from someone else's circumstances. Yeah, that's what, oh, but the grace of God, uh, there go okay, I. the grace. Hallelujah. The Hallelujah. grace, honey. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Look, you're going to make me shout. I'm like, the grace, Listen, honey. I oof, got some stories that it was God protects fools and babies. Cause okay. Yes. And yeah. the mercy. Yes. Chani, things that I deserve. Right. I was like, nah, I ain't well, hold out. Just, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, so, we might have to take a break. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, where's the organ? Yes. Yes. I know. That was right. That was yeah, good. we we needed yeah, we needed a little organ ple- uh, okay. little piece right there. Right. <laughs> that was good. That's gonna count as my church for today. Okay. Uh, hallelujah. Praise him. I went to church. Yeah, church of three sites. Well, I was like, where right. was that? <laughs> it was virtual. It was virtual. It was Y'all virtual. Small. You know, the, it says when one or two <laughs> are gathered. It's a small right. upstart church. It's just <laughs> so let's get into the show. So today's episode was inspired by a listener. Well, I'm assuming she's a listener. <laughs> a listener question on our Instagram page. She better be a listener. Right. Uh, <laughs> it was a really good question um, about busyness. So shout out to Leia B, um, also Alea, for inspiring today's episode. Sorry, I'm trying to pull up 
the um the question so we asked on instagram what you all wanted to hear from us like what questions did you have what topics did you want to explore and um delaya b asked why can't i sit still why do i always have to be doing something why do i feel lazy relaxing for a day and this is a great question because this is something i think many of us on this show the hosts can relate to but also we see it in our clients we see it in the people that we interact with and it's like this addiction to busy have you all felt um like leia b or leia this kind of like i can't sit still yes Mm -hmm. i have felt the guilt that she talks about um when you're not doing something when you know you're supposed supposed to be. I say supposed to be in quotations um, because part of what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to rest, right? You're supposed to give your body a chance to recuperate and regenerate. Um, but there has been this sense of um, that that's not really allowed. Like, especially if you have things that you're supposed to do. So I felt the guilt that she talks about um, and like, okay, I'm going to take a day, but it's also not just the guilt, but it's like, when I take the day, all of the things are still there. And then the stress of coming back to a, a day where nothing got checked off before and it almost almost increases the the stress or the anxiety that you have because you've probably had four other things that got added on that day that you were resting. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I felt it. Yeah. What about you guys? Yeah, same for me. Like, I felt um, like the stress that you mentioned, the stress of rest, right? Which is so oxymoronic, you know, like rest should not be stressful, you know? Um, but oftentimes when I am intentional about taking rest, cause I, I notice that I don't rest. And so I have to be really intentional about it. I often feel stressed afterwards because there are things that continue to get added to the plate and the things do still need to get done. And you still have to, you know, do this and people are having, you know, their, their expectations. And so, And I'm really trying not to work or engage out of a place of obligation um, because I often feel when I feel obligated to do something, I don't give it my all or I don't give it the best parts of me. And so it's, it's, it's a really hard balance between resting and feeling stressed because I feel obligated to keep working. And, you know, it's something that I am mastering or trying to master each and every day. I don't know if I'm doing a good job at it. I'm probably not, (laughs) Um, especially not this month, Um, not in this season, Um, but it's, it's hard. It's, it's really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely can relate to that. I I think I may have explored this on this show on another episode um, that I had to, and I still, I'm going to say, cause I'm, I'm I'm working on it. Um, Having a better relationship with the rest because for a very long time, I equated rest as a reward. Like you rest when you're done. You rest when you finish working. Like rest rest is for people who worked. And maybe it was from messages from grandparents or parents of like, oh, you sleeping? You worked all day? Like <laughs> you, t- you need a nap? What you need a nap for? What you been right. doing? Right. You know? Um, and then also, I think a lot of it honestly, is in my DNA. Like my grandfather 
is one of those you can't make him sit down. Um, mm-hmm. Like I called him one day and I was like, what are you doing? He was like out in the garden. I was like, granddad, it's like 80. Hey, like you don't want to go sit inside for a little bit. Like <laughs> he's, <laughs> you know, he won't sit down despite, you know, his kids telling me they, they've just, at least I hope they've gotten to a place of acceptance. Um, my dad was the same way growing up. He was always doing something would come home from work and then start working. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I think I grew up with a family with a very strong work ethic, but not a very good rest ethic. Mm. And I think I, I like that. Another shirt. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I know I inherited that um and it was rewarding it for the most part it has been rewarding because I'm able to get a lot done I'm able to be you know well versed in so many things and but the older I get the harder it becomes yeah um and so I'm trying to do a better job of resting before I get to the point where it's almost I'm too tired to enjoy it, if that makes sense. Kind of like you said, like mm-hmm. you finally rest, but you got so much stuff to do that when you come back, yeah. it's like, well, okay. Like you spend half of the rest worrying about what you're going to have to do. When you, so yeah. it's something I struggle yeah. with and I'm trying to do a better job. Yeah. You bring up a couple of points that I think are really cool to think about um, and how we're socialized around work and rest. Um, because I know like, just thinking of like historically Uh our ancestors Uh and I say ancestors Uh meaning my grandmother, you know, like even like just going back to, I'm that person this week, April, even going back to slavery, you know, (laughs) it it matters. matters. I will always go back to slavery. All of this is systemic. Right. It's it's not haphazard. Right. Mm -hmm. And so how our ancestors were, drove into work mm-hmm. and, and the socialization around work and how that was connected to survival. And I think I shared with you guys um, a article that the NAP ministry put up. Um, that was a article from Orangeburg, South Carolina oh. back in 1918 that talked about how they were making it a law for black women to not be able to not work, even if they had the means to do so. They were like, oh, there's too many black women who are not working. What year was And this? too many. 1918. 1918. 1918. Too many black women who are not working and too many white households who need workers. And so we're going to make it a law for black women that they cannot not work. Right. Mm-hmm. And how that even... 1918 was not that long ago you know what I'm saying like it was not that long ago and how that becomes a part of our DNA of work is so connected to survival it's so connected to being able to to move about the world in a in a way that's safe for us and how that gets passed down from generation to generation you work to stay alive. You work to stay safe. You work to be okay. And that in lies the reward, right? Mm-hmm. You talk about, oh, it's rewarding. Like the, the award is life. I mean, the reward or the award is life mm-hmm. and being able to live um, because you are working and not in this space of rest. And so thinking about rest in this 
really revolutionary way of like, no, I need to have a better relationship with rest. I don't think it's something that as black women, I'll speak for, for, for me and for us that we even can grasp Mm -hmm. in a way that allows us to do that. And, you know, we have to think about too, like the, that was the message that was sent out. That was also around a time where things were getting extra, like extremely tense Mm -hmm. with world war Mm one. And so it wasn't about black women at all. Clearly it was about, no. What the needs of white folk. Hmm. Always. Right? Yeah, definitely. And so we continue to have things about our blackness framed in some type of negligence of our existence when in fact it's it stems from the necessity of our bodies for white folk. And as I think about even today, and I've said it before in a more recent show, is we are a necessity to companies, businesses, just as we were a necessity to white folk back in that time to be domestic workers, to be um, whatever it was that we needed to be because um, for whatever reason, there didn't have to really be a reason. Um, If we were needed, we were expected to work and to provide at our own detriment. And we continue to see that played out today. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And also makes me think about the, you know, man who doesn't work, doesn't eat, going back to that whole, like you work to live. And because Mm -hmm. so much, hell, we were brought over here as laborers. So, um, you know, I think that that concept still sticks with us. And then I think so much, so many of our, ancestors even thinking about parents and grandparents then grew up in an era where they were fighting the stereotype of lazy black people and the lazy black men and the welfare queen and and you know so this work ethic of i'm going to do whatever it takes and work 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 um where they didn't get the luxury of vacations mm-hmm. um and I think present day, we have also bought into the culture of toxic productivity. That's a very yes. West, very much Western yes. value. The workers who get rewarded are the ones who stay late, the ones who mm-hmm. do more work for less pay. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are considered, you know, the standard yeah. at the at the cost of their well-being. So right. I think yeah. the, the inability to sit still, some of it is this belief that where you should always be doing something. And I do think we need to begin questioning that busy doesn't always equal productive. For sure. Very, very true. Oftentimes it does not right. equal productive. <laughs> right, right. Like you'd be, that's something I learned in grad school that I realized, and I think it was after a class that basically yeah. I learned that um, how sleep influences your memory retention. And mm-hmm. when they said, well, yeah, if you don't sleep, you're going to lose like 30% of everything that you just mm-hmm. studied. I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> from then Absolutely. on, I was like, it's better for me to just go to bed, mm-hmm. get the right amount of sleep, and then start over the next day than to stay up, right. you know, to three, four, five in the morning. Cramming. Yeah. yeah. That's part of my lecture. Um, my first lecture in all of my introductory psychology classes, it's a few slides that talk about sleep, studying and information retention, memory retention. And I do it in my first lecture. And then I also, of course, cover it in my memory lecture. Um, 
I also cover it in my sleep lecture. So they get it in a few different places, Mm -hmm. but I don't think we have a good understanding of the relationship between sleep and psychological well-being. Teach us a little bit, Dr. James. (laughs) I mean, so, you know, initially a lot of the theories didn't talk about um, sleep as being important to your mental health they talked about sleep being important to the physical and how it impacts like insulin levels and how you know all these things but we really didn't get a whole which is you would be surprised right because we're thinking this is psychology so we're talking about how it affects physical it talks about how it's impacting memory but when we talk about mental health it impacts your cortisol levels so when you are not getting rest Um, And your cortisol levels, which is basically the chemical in your body that is associated with high levels of stress, it impacts obviously your physical health, but the physical health part aspect, it creates more stress. That stress leads to increases in anxiety, that prolonged stress can then increase um, experiences of depression. It can increase aggressiveness. And so you combine all of these different things um, and of course it impacts your energy levels. And so now you've got everyone who's thinking, I just need to get stuff done. I need to work, 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 work. And all I'm doing is depleting myself. I'm depleting my, um, physical health because now I'm increasing, um, well, I'm, I'm not actually producing as much dopamine though, because, um, I have the increased cortisol, I have the problems now with the cardiovascular. It's just, and everything is just, it it adds upon itself. And you're thinking you're doing something great and wonderful. And you are literally killing yourself. Yeah. Because your body. And you are increasing your risk for um, mental health disorders. Yeah. And you wonder why. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You wonder why you are not in a good mood. Yeah. That's a good case. When you're doing too much. That's in direct opposition of this thought that your body is a machine, right? Mm -hmm. Your body is not a machine and just kind of this grind culture, right? When I think about grinding, I think about gears grinding Mm -hmm. Um, and that is in like alignment with your body's a machine you sleep when you die, you know, the machine turns off when it's done with its work, you know, as opposed to being able to humanize yourself. And that reminds, it just makes me think April, when you said it's a very Westernized concept Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, and it's not humanistic. Like it doesn't think about the body as a human Mm -hmm. self as a human. It, it, It definitely goes into self as a machine and we are not machines. Right. Right. And there are consequences. And even with machines, at some point you can't you have to stop yes. running a machine, right? You like do. You, you know how many tech problems um can be alleviated if you just turn it, turn off, it off and turn it back on. Turn off for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Turn it off. Look, that right there alone will preach. Yes. Turn it off. What what they tell you to do? Turn Did it off. Reset? You call? Did you try reset? Turn it off. Did for you 10 try seconds. resetting it? Did you unplug it? Right. Did you turn it off? Did you take oh battery out? Oh my goodness, out? yes. So why do we expect our bodies to not need yeah. to be turned off, replugged, reset? We have a very unhealthy relationship with um, with busyness, but also I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the big, the trending word of capitalism too, of, mm-hmm. you know, attaching this something somehow to wealth. Like I, 
I, I call it uh, rich dad, poor dad mentality, um, mm. where people will read one of these books about wealth and um, not that those books are bad, but don't take into consideration context. And it's mm-hmm. all, you should have mm-hmm. this and it's all money driven. Like mm-hmm. I'm like this whole idea of generational wealth. That's great. We, we need it. But mom, there's also a lot of other systemic barriers to that for black right. people. And it but, takes generations and it to takes create generational generations wealth. To create, but it's like, you're, <laughs> you're so, not going to do that today. <laughs> you're so focused on creating generational wealth that you're not thinking about your mental wellness and what type of parent you're going to be or partner you're going to be. Um, because host, I don't like, I'm not a fan of hustle culture because hustle culture is the one that, you know, you sleep when you're dead and mm-hmm. rich people sleep and rich people don't sleep. Yeah, I think when Steve Harvey went viral for for a statement he made about rich people are up. Like, no, they're not. Their assistant might be. Right. But they're, yeah. they're not up. But they're not. <laughs> they're not. Um, because like you said, Erica, you were talking about just the con- the consequences of that. And that's the part people don't talk about. I mean, think about how many millionaires we know who have dealt with depression and suicidal thoughts and suicide mm-hmm. attempts because that that's yeah. how we know it's not just about money um and often it's because they are they don't know how to stop and to slow down so right. going back to the initial question i think a way to be more comfortable with stillness is to start investigate what do you think about stillness right like what values yeah. do you place into it yeah yeah like what's your relationship with it and what are the thoughts that come up anytime you start to sit down and are you okay with unfinished work yeah and I think I had to get to that point of being okay that some things were not going to get done and are you okay with setting boundaries with Mm -hmm. yourself right because that's a big part that I've been really really like dealing with is being able to say Shari if you say that you are going to work from this time to this time that's a boundary and are Mm -hmm. you honoring those boundaries Mm -hmm. you know um are you dishonoring yourself by pushing the boundaries and taking on another thing and Mm -hmm. saying oh I can work a little longer I'll sleep this weekend you know um and so a lot of it is kind of that mental space around how do you what do you think about stillness Mm-hmm. You know, what does it mean to you? How do you conceptualize it? What value do you place on it? And I think that's a really big question because for a while, the value, like I didn't place value on stillness. It, to me, it equated laziness and just unproductivity, you know? I think one of the things that was very transformational for me when it came to accepting that rest was important and boundaries were healthy were the how I thought about and responded to deadlines so I used to hear a deadline as it it was like a trigger the deadline always triggered anxiety for me but I also recognize that a lot of times deadlines are not imposed by the person who's actually doing the work Deadlines are usually imposed by someone who wants to get the work done. Um, And again, I go back to just reminding myself, but also reminding people that I'm a human first. And my life is more important than whatever this deadline is. And I have, I started, you know, negotiating 
deadlines or recognizing that, hey, the deadline that we started with might not be the deadline that we end up with. <laughs> and sure. um, that's real. I I have become that professor and it's it's not popular, not, ne- you know, necessarily um, by everyone. But I am that professor that says and I tell my students, closed mouths don't get fed. Mm. The syllabus is made. The scheduled deadlines are there for a reason. However, I recognize I'm not the only instructor who is asking things of you and who Mm -hmm. have set deadlines Mm -hmm. for you. I have set it, but I don't know what else that entails in your life and how this deadline fits within your life. So if there is something that is not working or these deadlines are starting to actually create more issues for you, Closed mouths do not get fed. If you don't ask, I can't change anything. Mm-hmm. Now, I might not be able to change it, or maybe I can do some wiggle, figure something out, but you need to open your mouth and advocate for yourself as a human about these deadlines. And so I started to do that in my own personal life and just say, you know what? Here, here's here's the reality <laughs> here's the deadline here's the reality and what are we really going to be doing with this is this actually going into implementation yeah if my deadline is 12 o'clock are we implementing something at 1201 yeah yeah if the reality is no then we need to negotiate this deadline right so I've heard us talk a little bit about just kind of our journey to rest Right. To rest and leisure um, and how we've started to change or challenge some of those thoughts that we have around stillness, around rest, around being able to do like self-care, essentially. What are some of the things that helped you kind of progress in that journey, move towards rest that might be helpful for our listeners? For me, it was meditation and specifically um, a mindfulness course I took. And it was two and a half hours every week. Um, and I, I fought it every week. I hated it because it was for work. I was like, you know what I could be doing with this time? It was in the evening. It was like 6 to 8.30 or 6 to 7.30, something like that. It was in the evening. I All I could think about was I could be writing, all the stuff I could be doing. And I fought it, fought it, fought it. Up until maybe the last two weeks it started to hit me that I was fighting it because I didn't think I deserved the time to not do anything but meditate. Wow. And it was like, Oh, this is my problem. And I know had I never had that, like it, it was literally like an aha moment of like, this is why I'm struggling. It's not just because I could be doing other stuff. All of us could be doing other things. Mm-hmm. It's because yeah. I didn't feel deserving of it. Um, mm-hmm. And so that started me on the road of like, okay, looking at rest and stillness as not an adversary to business or the opposite yeah. is, is, is it's com- a compliment. Um, and also remembering what it's like when I hit the wall and how I don't enjoy it, mm-hmm. that also kind of is a reminder. So I, before we were recording, I was telling Shara, like, I, I can tell I'm approaching the wall. Like, I'm, I, I'm about about 20 feet away from it. So it's like, okay, I'm starting to figure out, like, what do I need to do? I'm trying to look at my schedule to see when I can take off work. Um, so knowing what it's like, knowing what the consequences of not resting 
like that I keep that in the forefront of my mind changing my attitude around it and um lastly I had a supervisor years ago my practice supervisor who forbid me for for the rest of the month of saying yes to things because I was doing the most mm-hmm. um and she said yes. you cannot agree to do anything else for the rest of the month mm-hmm. and I was like no and once I did I was like Mm. i needed that relief yes relief yeah yeah for me i I just accepted that self-care is not is not selfish and that taking care of myself allowed me to be more available for the things on my plate and for other people and so i was okay then with setting boundaries because even though boundaries may block things in the moment they open up opportunities for me to successfully get the things done that I want and need to get done and so being okay and unapologetic about my (laughs) self-care and when I need it and if it's inconvenient to someone else I'm sorry but self-care has the word self in Mm. it for a reason it's not about you Mm. it's about me and and getting my needs met that's real for me a lot of it has been having people who will check me because <laughs> I I don't do it on my own like I can't I I, I don't want to say I can't do it on my own historically I have not done it on my own <laughs> mm. to slow down to stop to not work um and so Tiffany our friend Tiffany does a really great job of calling me on it and being like are you resting like it is 10 o'clock it sounds like you are still typing like what Mm -hmm. are you doing you know um and so like having somebody like having some accountability people you know Mm -hmm. that are going to be like sure you need to rest or hey you need to like stop you know say no you know so april i love that you had that mentor that was like you cannot say yes to anything else you know because that's me i'm that automatic like sure we can figure it out. We can get it done. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm better at not just saying yes. Um, cause that used to be me. Now it's more of, we can figure it out. Like we can figure out what parts of it I can do and what parts I cannot do. So mm-hmm. it's progress. Um, but that's been something that's been helpful. I'm glad you said that part about the can too, because that yeah. was part of my reason why I used to say yes all the time. You know, because I would say yes, but like, well, I can do it. Like, I don't necessarily want to do it, but like, I have the time or like, I know how. And I had to, and and I had a colleague, um, Dr. Taper, miss her. Um, She said she used to struggle with that a lot. And one of the things that she did was that she would look at what's, what is my overall goals? What are my overall goals? And will saying yes to this thing, big or small, actually help me towards that overall goal? And when she found that there were probably 70% of the things that she was saying yes to, that had nothing to do with her overall goal, she stopped saying yes to those things. That's big. And she also stopped offering explanation. Mm -hmm. One of the things about women is that we feel the need to offer explanation for our no. When we don't owe anyone an explanation for why we can or cannot or will or will not do certain things. It's just no. very true. It's a no. 
It's not a now. No. no. Mm-mm. It's a mm-mm. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I can't commit to that. And a, she would mm-mm. even say, and don't apologize. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't even yeah. say, I'm sorry. Just I can't like, commit to that. I'm not going to be you know, I, A big one for me, you know, and I took this from one of my um, old colleagues, I don't have the bandwidth right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have the bandwidth, you know, and what, what has been helpful for me in that, because I often do want to do say the, yeah, I can, you know, but what has been often helpful for me is I don't have the bandwidth, but let me point you in the direction of someone or something that could help you, you know, realizing that I don't have to be the one to do it all. Right. Um, so that directs really you to helpful. a resource. Yeah. Let me point you, let me direct you to a resource, yeah. you know? Um, and another thing that's been helpful as I've learned or I'm learning how to do more rest is mantras. So like statements, I feel like, you know, you don't have to learn every lesson, learn it from other folks, you know? So like statements that other people have put out there around rest. Um, and I have three that I have on my bathroom mirror, uh, cause I have to read them every single day to like get my life together in the morning. Um, one of my favorite ones is by, um, Parker Palmer, Palmer Parker, the, the, that's a too many peas. Um, <laughs> but it is, um, self-care is never a selfish act. It is simply good stewardship over the only gift I have, the gift I was put on the earth to offer others. Uh, mm, so that's like one that. that I think really, really like just allows me to realize like self-care is stewardship over me. It's uh, over the gift that God gave, you know, me. Um, so that's one that's helpful. That. And then um, another one is we don't need to pour our entire selves um, to others to serve people. We don't have to pour out our entire selves to serve people. Um, that one's really helpful for like keeping me balanced and saying, are you pouring, you're pouring into other people, especially in the work that we do. We're constantly pouring into other people. Um, and at some point, like, I don't have to pour my entire self out into others because that leaves nothing for me. Nothing. Um, and then the last one is I will approach life with urgency and not haste. So I always think about what are the things that are urgent to me? Um, and that's rarely work. Work is rarely urgent. Um, it's hasty. It's like, Oh, let me get to it right now, right now, right now. But the things that are urgent to me are friends, family, healing, you know, like those are the Mm -hmm. things that are urgent to me. And so really trying to approach those things a little bit more than the things that are hasty, like deadlines and Mm -hmm. get it done, get it done. So those are the three quotes that I have that I read every single day to just get myself together because I'm so imbalanced at times. <laughs> those are good. Yeah, those are, those are awesome. Well, um, Alea, hopefully we answered your question uh, <laughs> or at I least know. provided some perspective, even if we didn't <laughs> answer. Um, you are not alone. At all. Yeah, at definitely all. not alone. And I think that that you know, some of the things that we hopefully have shared will give um, you as well as other listeners something to ponder about Mm -hmm. to kind of reflect Mm -hmm. and find out, well, what are my reasons? Um, It's coming from somewhere, whether it's an external um, messages or Mm -hmm. pressures or internal, 
messages or and pressures or historical. And yeah, we absolutely. didn't even touch on busy as a distraction. Oh my gosh, that's a yeah. whole nother. That's a whole nother one. Like, are you? busy in order to distract away from some other stuff mm-hmm. right you know that used to be me honey mm-hmm. let 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 a life stressor come yeah. honey i will get so much stuff done yes yeah <laughs> i will yeah i will get so busy that i'm doing nothing but procrastinating like i'm busy i'm doing it and that's what i mean when i say like that illusion of busy mm-hmm. like oh, i'm busy i'm busy i got x y and z i got 10 things on my to-do list but it really amounts to nothing mm-hmm. um, mine would be running from my emotions that's yeah that's mm-hmm. what i was thinking of Erica. yeah i think in a salon you know i tried to run it away i tried yeah. to work oh. it away yeah yes and that that song spoke to my soul yes yep my whole soul yeah yeah i think there are a lot of things Mm -hmm. that we touched on we touched on like just the historical context we talked we touched on like the mental context um are you running from your emotions are you um attaching um unpleasant thoughts to stillness um Mm. we touched on that we touched on just like personal things that might be driving the difficulty with staying still and Mm -hmm. always feeling as though you need to be busy um, but at the end of the day, you know, being able to engage in radical rest and leisure is yes. helpful and balanced. Yes. Radical rest. Put that on a t-shirt. I'll buy okay. It. Radical <laughs> rest. Radical rest is revolutionary. When, and, and that you that said that somebody said that or yeah. quoted that mm-hmm. from someone. I want to mm-hmm. say it's either an Audrey Lord quote. Yeah. Um, Audrey yeah, Lord. Rest, Audrey is, yeah. rest yeah. is revolutionary. Rest is revolutionary. Yeah. 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 If you need space and time to rest, we do have a three part series on meditation um, and mindfulness that you can always tap into where we give actual practice um, to those things. And so we do have those three episodes um, that we did a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back in July, I think that was yeah, our July series. It was July because mm-hmm. I was in my parents' house when I recorded it. <laughs> that was the last, <laughs> yes, yes, the last time home. I've seen my parents. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, and it is entitled Rest is Revolutionary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, great show um, today. Um, we are going to roll right into our next segment, which is Sin One, Your Love. This is where we take the time to recognize and acknowledge someone, something, some situation that has um, had a positive impact on our life this week. Um, and so we want to take the time out. And I want to start first because I have one. Nice. I want to send my love to our very own Dr. April Scott. (laughs) I was so, first of all, I was nervous um, because this week (laughs) I had some Amazon packages show up (laughs) with my name on them. And I was like, but I really don't remember ordering nothing this week. So I was like, oh God, like, and I was like so intentional about not ordering anything this week. I don't remember what I bought. And so... (laughs) So I opened up the packages and uh, uh, April had sent me some uh, color pencils, a uh, like a little caddy for me to put my color pencils and and a, a, a mandala coloring book specifically on 
dealing with pregnancy problems. Mm -hmm. So last episode, I think I shared that I am pregnant and I have been having a time with it. And I've been sharing, you know, kind of my struggles with that with Jari and April and April was, that was this, uh, let me tell you y'all this coloring book gets me. The very first page said, when you feel like when, what is it? When you feel like punching everyone in the face, that was the first <laughs> That was the first mandala. I opened it, I love it. and my stepson was, was here and he was looking and my husband was there and I read it and I said, oh my God, this book gets me. And I just like went through all of the pages and was reading through them and it was like, yes. Yes, there is a page for like almost every day that I've gone through or probably will go through throughout this pregnancy. So I was like, this is perfect. So I want to send my love to you, April. I appreciate it. I started coloring last night. (laughs) And I am enjoying myself and it's just peaceful. And, you know, I'm on bed rest, you know, right now um, from my doctor, hopefully until Monday when I go back to see her fingers crossed yes right. um so yeah i want to send my love to you thank, thank you, you so much you're more nice. than welcome glad you enjoyed it yes so sweet <laughs> so sweet <laughs> um i want to send my love to uh, um all of my neighbors but specifically one miss carrie who saw me outside yesterday trying to get all these leaves out of my yard Um, I don't have a rake, but I had a leaf blower and I was very, very motivated to get all these leaves up because (laughs) (laughs) we had the craziest windstorm here, like Wednesday, maybe. And I live on a, I live on a street with pine trees. So there's pine needles and oak leaves and just the yard was a mess. So I was out there with my little leaf blower trying to get pine. If you've ever tried to get pine needles out of grass with a leaf blower. (laughs) It's it's, Girl, no. it's not right. It's not a good idea. It doesn't work. What does it doesn't for? work at all. <laughs> but let me tell you, I was out there like I was going back and forth over my yard. And Miss Carrie, who is, she's she's in her 70s. She came over and she was like, Shara, because she called me Shara. <laughs> Shara, I got a rake. Do you need a rake, baby? <laughs> and I was like, Thank you so much. Yes, I need a rake. And so she literally brought me her rake. She got like a little wheelbarrow that she brought over. A little like grabber that you can pick up sticks with. She was ready. Like she was so ready. And so she brought it over. And needless to say, I was able to get a lot of the pine straw up. Not all of it. But she was really, really helpful. So... I want to send my love to her and to my other neighbors who are like my my parents away from home, you know, <laughs> that are always looking out for me and like trying to figure out what I'm doing over here with my life because apparently I'm not the best housekeeper in the world. I'm not the best outdoors housekeeper. Right. Indoors, you know, we got that. But when it comes to yard stuff, I have no idea. So they always look out for me. So I want to send my love to Miss Carrie (laughs) across the street. (laughs) Nice. That's sweet. Um, I would like to send my love out to coworker turned friend, Shannon, um, Shannon has always been really good about 
like recognizing when we haven't hung out and be like, okay, let's plan something. Cause leave it up to me. I just like, yeah, it's been a minute. And then, <laughs> that'll be it. That is just me. get right back into the swig of busyness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I appreciate her. I appreciate her intentionality behind like following up, checking in and planning. Mm-hmm. Um, cause otherwise it, it, cause she recognizes a lot. Like our friend group has, we have very busy, all of us are in higher education and our schedules are just ridiculous. So I appreciate her attentive attentiveness to that as well as her non-demand check-ins. So she'll often check in and say, you don't have to respond. You don't have to answer. I'm just checking in. Um, which, you know, those are helpful too. Cause sometimes you don't have the words to explain mm-hmm. or you might start and it'll take two hours. <laughs> so sometimes yeah. it's nice to kind of have those, um, none demand check in. So I was sending my love out to Shannon. She's Aww, the sweetest. Awesome. I love Shannon. I think I only met her once, and I think that was at your birthday karaoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those videos She's awesome. came up in my memories recently. <laughs> the one thing that like stands out to me about Shannon is her ability or her willingness to walk into all black spaces and be the only. Mm, like that's something that stands out to me and just her ability to like own that and to be comfortable and to not like make it about her doing that thing Mm -hmm. um that's that's one thing that I sincerely appreciate her for that's a Mm -hmm. very good point because I've I've never hesitated to invite her somewhere yeah you know yeah because and that's a good thing you point out because I have and probably still do have had some white friends or acquaintances. I'm like, yeah, nah, you not you you yeah. ain't gonna yeah feel comfortable. I think we all got a couple <laughs> mutual. <laughs> but you're right, you're right. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. It's it's never about that, you know. Because even your karaoke thing, like it was what twenty of us up in here. We had a full blown house party. Okay, <laughs> you know. Club Red Door and Oasis. Club right, Red, Red Door, Door Oasis. Oasis. Yes. <laughs> and, and Shannon was here. You know, and she was just like, let's kick it. I'm on the mic next. You right. know, like it was. Yeah. So I, I sincerely appreciate that. Yeah, I do. Important. I do. All right. Well, <laughs> Erica, like, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's not me, but I will is wrap it, it up. It, is it it's, me? it's you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But girl, look, I was gonna take it and roll Listen, on with you, it. You yeah. picked it on up. You said I that got is it. So me, pick it that right on so up. Me. That's look. <laughs> well, we are coming to the end of another episode, you guys. Thank you so so much for listening and hanging in with us. Thank you, Alea, for sending us that great listener question. Yes. If you guys get a little special time or a little free time as you are doing your radical rest, take some time to check out the LeahB.com, which is Alea's blog um, space where you can learn all things cool and lifestyle. Um, so thanks again, Alea. Hopefully we answered your question in a very roundabout way. Um, but, you know, as you're listening to our episodes, you guys, please, please, please make sure that you like, you comment, you subscribe, you send us to a friend um and you can find us on any platform that you're listening to your podcast also you can find us on instagram and facebook at three sykes and the mic that is the number three sykes and the mic.com 
not dot com. It's coming. Look at that. Hey, I'm speaking. speaking it. I'm speaking it. Speak it, girl. Speaking it into existence. Um, or you can always email us at three psychs and a mic at gmail.com. As always, we are thankful for you. We are grateful for you. And we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye, Bye. y'all. <laughs>